the Indianapolis Colts have made another change at the quarterback position. This time, they might be admitting that this has been a failure. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome into the Tuesday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you once again. Hope everyone is having a great start to their Tuesday. The Indianapolis Colts and their revolving door, their circus of quarterbacks that they have started over the last couple of years. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. A lot to get into, a lot to unpack there. But before we do, you guys know the drill. Got to let you know about our friends over at Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. Season. You're always going to find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. They're always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag to join, and you're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BLEAV. That's B L. L-E-A-V to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. One of my favorite parts about putting together this show for everybody every day of the week is that I don't have it necessarily mapped out. Yeah, we like to talk about the mock draft here on the show, and I know I said yesterday we were going to talk about the mock draft here on the show. We're going to probably push that a little bit uh, to tomorrow's show because a piece of information changes things, and I think there's a topic that is worthy of a deep dive and worthy of a conversation, and that is the Indianapolis Colts making the decision uh, talking about a shoulder injury and talking about you know making the change of quarterback. Matt Ryan is not the starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts anymore. They have made the change. Sam Ellinger is going to be the starting quarterback, and they have opened the door, and they have set it up to where he is going to be their starting quarterback for the foreseeable future. As things have not gone well there uh, in Indianapolis, they're 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. This is not the first time they've been the subject of a TDN Daily podcast. They were the subject coming out of that Thursday night football game against the Denver Broncos, if you'll remember, when we talked about where they are, what are they doing, are they in? Are they out? The, the way that they've attempted to put together rosters over the last couple of years. And they come back to be the topic here of the show today because they entered this year doing the same thing that they had done each of the last couple of years. And that is go with an outside answer at the quarterback position that they had decided that they wanted to not invest the draft capital in terms of picking and scouting a quarterback on their own, that they would trade for a quarterback or sign a quarterback in free agency and that they would go about getting their quarterback via the veteran market, however they saw fit to be able to do that. And I saw a great a great piece of information that I think summarizes the way the Indianapolis Colts have chosen to go about the quarterback position since Andrew Luck abruptly retired. And by the way, we are not going to use that as an ex- as an excuse here on the show, but I am using it as a bullet point. I am using it as a, a marker in time to be able to make the point that I'm going to make because... We wouldn't be in the situation if Andrew Luck didn't abruptly retire, right? None of these, the butterfly effect would not have played out the way it has with all of these quarterbacks being brought into the fold. So because of that, all of these other decisions have been made. And I saw a great tweet yesterday from Jason at OverTheCap.com, a great resource. And it's one of my favorite websites, OverTheCap.com. And he put out a tweet and said and broke down the salary cap breakdown for the Colts at the quarterback position from 2019 to 2022. So again, this is from 2019 
to 2022, up to right now, this is the cap allocation, not the actual cash that is being handed out, but the cap dollars that the Colts have tied up in the quarterback position. Now, it is not broken down that this is they're not using this money every year, but this is all of the cap dollars that have been spent from 2019 to 2022. $29.8 million on Jacoby Brissett, $25 million on Phillip Rivers, $24.8 million on Andrew Luck, $21.3 million on Carson Wentz, $18.7 million on Matt Ryan, and $7 million on Brian Hoyer. That is the cap dollars that have been allocated to the quarterback position for the Indianapolis Colts, and I will ask you, for what? What have those dollars gotten this team other than mediocrity, a roller coaster ride every season, and a team that always feels that they're just a little bit behind the pecking order in the AFC? Phillip Rivers was a nice run. And remember, they they lose Andrew Luck. They then go and they immediately elevate Jacoby Brissett to be the starting quarterback. They give him that two-year contract extension, and they they try to go with Jacoby Brissett. That doesn't work out. The pivot then was to Phillip Rivers. And that's the most successful of these tenures, right? That's the thing you can look at and say that at least worked in the sense of they were competitive, they made the playoffs. Yes, they were still behind everybody else, but that is the most promising example of what they attempted to do. But Phillip Rivers, an older quarterback, didn't have that many years left in the tank. And again, all of these quarterbacks that they brought in were under the guise of win now. We are trying to build a winner. We are trying to make the playoffs. We are trying to make a Super Bowl run. We're trying to compete in the AFC. This is not a, we're trying to get a guy in here. We're trying to build around that guy. Yeah, it might take us one, two, three years to build a winner. But once we do, we're ready to go. We're trying to, no. Phillip Rivers was a bridge quarterback that we are trying to win in the intermediate. Carson Wentz was brought in as a, we're trying to win in the intermediate. Matt Ryan was brought in as a we're trying to win in the intermediate there has never been the devotion the attempt the decision making process of we want to go out and acquire a franchise quarterback that we have for the next 10 12 14 years and why Chris Ballard has said as much because the moment that that happens the moment that they choose to go that direction to invest a top draft pick into a quarterback the clock starts on Chris Ballard as a general manager general managers all across the National Football League are tied to the young quarterback decisions that they make in the National Football League draft that's how it works the moment you make that decision you are on the clock you have a three to five year window to win with that quarterback or else that quarterback's not going to be here anymore and more than likely unless you hit on every other pick you make and you have built a great roster with free agency with trades and with drafting you're also going to be out the door and so the way you avoid that and the way you keep your job security really high is you go this approach and you just pick up veteran after veteran retread after retread and you try to make it work bringing that person in as a new face, bring them into a new place, give them a fresh start, give them a fresh scenery. That was certainly the idea about getting Carson Wentz, right? The idea of getting Carson Wentz out of Philadelphia was he needs to be out of that situation that was not good for him. Let's get him into an environment that is that wants him, that is going to support him, that is going to build around him, that is going to be what he needs in order to be successful, right? That was the idea about bringing Carson Wentz to Indianapolis, that didn't work out. After one year, they realized that that mistake, and they traded him to Washington. And then they decided, okay, we're going to try this one more time. Matt Ryan, his time has passed in Atlanta. They're going in a different direction. They have a new head coach. They're drafting high. They're going to need to get a new franchise quarterback. Matt Ryan is going to overstay his welcome because when the roster around 
the Atlanta Falcons is ready to go. Matt Ryan is going to be way past his prime. He's not going to be able to give that team what they are going to need out of the quarterback position. So it was a it was a split. It was a separation that made sense for both sides. It made sense for Matt Ryan. It made sense for the Falcons. And it made sense for the Indianapolis Colts because once again, they were going to be staring down the start of the season without a quarterback. And yet... Seven weeks into the season at 3-3-1, and one. yeah, they can talk about a shoulder injury and how he's not playing all that great, but they have made a change at the quarterback position, and they've gone to Sam Ellinger. And I'm sorry, but I read you the, the cap dollars that they have associated to the quarterback position since 2019, and I will ask again, for what? What has this team gotten out of that approach? And so you have to ask the question of, are Chris Ballard tried to do such a good job of keeping his job security or keeping his job by not going down the quarterback rabbit hole of drafting a quarterback and starting the clock, but by not doing that and by attempting to do it with Jacoby Brissett, with Phillip Rivers, with Carson Wentz, with Matt Ryan, has he ultimately overstayed his welcome and is he going to be run out the door because he didn't go down that path? A catch-22 almost. Frank Reich, good man, a good football coach. But they are not getting it done. And it is not as if this team doesn't have talent. Have you seen the running back they have? This is going to sound like a broken record for, for regular listeners of the TD and Daily Podcast because I talked about it with Kyle Krabs when I talked about the Indianapolis Colts. It's not that this team is devoid of talent. They've done a pretty good job, at least in, in, in the secondary rounds with drafting and evaluating talent. Michael Pittman Jr. is a very good wide receiver one. Paris Campbell now back in the fold and healthy. He's emerging as a great target. Alec Pierce is a young player. You can't ask him to be a, a impactful player in year one, but he's he's creating a role for himself. Jonathan Taylor, who I didn't mention, at the running back position. They have offensive skill players that are able to get this done. They've invested a lot in trying to figure out a long-term tight end that they haven't really found one yet. And defensively, there's talent. Leonard, I know he's been hurt and it's been up and down, but it's not as if this is a bottom five roster in the National Football League. There's talent all over the place, yet it doesn't feel like they are reaching the potential that that talent is, and I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if that is the way the roster around these players has been put together, but it feels as if it is a half-baked strategy that the Colts have tried to employ because they have not really supported the quarterbacks that they've brought in with the right type of talent. They are constantly letting players walk and trying to find replacements in the draft. I mean, let's just look at this. Rocky's seen their top pick in the 2019 draft. He's not here anymore. Their top two picks in 2020, looking really good, Michael Pittman Jr. and Jonathan Taylor. They haven't. They didn't have a first-round pick either of those years. They didn't have a first-round pick this year. And that's the other thing about this that is very important. You can go about getting a quarterback the way that they have and, and getting a veteran quarterback, but you need to surround those quarterbacks with talent and we trade a first round pick for DeForest Bunkner and we don't play we don't pick in the first round we trade out of the first round spot and it feels as if they have constantly tried to go with a youth movement at other positions and that is a hard way to live that is a hard way to make a living in the National Football League when you have players that are young and are developing and are trying to find their footing in the National Football League and you're asking them to fill very important roles for your franchise with a veteran quarterback because the moment you bring in a veteran quarterback you bring in a you're bringing a Matt Ryan, you're bringing a Carson Wentz, you're in win-now mode, like I said it earlier. Your roster should reflect that. Your roster should also be in a place where that is the case. And it feels as if the Colts, they they, they, they hit on some some picks. Alec Pierce, Michael Pittman Jr., Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they, they have players that are very good for them that they have selected in their draft process. I'm not saying that they're, they're, they have an inability to find talent. They do, but it takes those players 
time to develop into legitimate starters. So you bring those players in in their rookie seasons, and then they're paired with a quarterback who's ready to win now, and it feels as if you're half in, you're half out. You have a quarterback who's ready to go, but the rest of the roster, yeah, they might lag a year or two behind, and you have the struggles that they have to find the consistency. And I think that's the thing that has plagued the Colts so much, is they haven't found the consistency. Now let's talk about this change, because they've now made the change to Sam Ellinger over Matt Ryan, and I don't think Sam Ellinger is going to be the answer to their problems. They can't run the ball. Right? And they're asking Matt Ryan to throw. He threw the ball 44 times over the weekend. And I've said this before. That is not a recipe for success. I know you brought in Matt Ryan in and you traded for him to be your answer at quarterback. But I do not believe they brought him in to throw the ball 44 times. They brought him in here to throw the ball 25 to 35 times in a football game, to run the ball with Jonathan Taylor, to have some explosive playmakers on the outside, and to be able to do just enough in the passing game to be able to win football games. Well, they're not getting that, and that's why they're making a change. Does Sam Ellinger provide a spark? I think he provides more athleticism. He provides you an ability to move out of the pocket? Does he provide you more accuracy? Does he provide you more reliability in terms of the passing offense? No. And I certainly don't think the Colts are going to want Sam Ellinger to run to throw the ball 44 times, but he adds another element in the running game. Maybe that allows them to get some stuff going in uh, the passing game because he's able to run the ball. D- defenses have to respect that threat of his ability to extend plays. I don't know. This is a mess. And they're 3-3-1, three, three and one, and they feel like they need to make a change in order to save their season. But this, to me, feels as if it's the ultimate example of this organization. Frank Reich and Chris Ballard saying, man, we messed this up. This did not go the way we expected it to. It didn't go the way they expected it to with Phillip Rivers. It didn't go the way they expected it to with Carson Wentz. And it didn't go the way it expected it to with Matt Ryan. And all three of those tenures got shorter and shorter and shorter. Right? Carson Wentz was only a year. Matt Ryan lasted seven games. And you can't blame them for making a change, right? That's the one thing I won't say. I can't blame them for making a change. It's not like Matt Ryan is playing well enough in order to stop that change and they're just not finding the results. No, he is a large part of why they have not been able to find success. There are a lot of other problems, but there is enough talent on this team for their, for them to be able to be successful and, and be competitive and be in these games. And it just feels as if they're behind the Titans. They lost to the Jags earlier in the season. And I think the question goes beyond this season. And I will pull it up here. This team's got three top 100 picks. The first, the second, the third that they got from Washington in the, the Carson Wentz trade. They got a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh. Got to pick in every round, which is a rarity for the Indianapolis Colts to be able to be picking. And so if this continues to go sideways, if they continue to not play well, and I don't know if Sam Ellinger gives them a better chance to win than Matt Ryan does, it's close, it's probably on the margins, if, if there is a benefit to it. If the Indianapolis Colts are picking high, in the first round of the 2023 NFL Draft, you have to wonder if this team is going to take a good, hard look at finally making the decision to go with a young quarterback that they believe is the next franchise quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts and then start to build around him. Because again, you draft a quarterback inside the top 25, top 30 of the first round of the draft. You have a roster that isn't that bad of a situation for that player to walk into. You have a running game. You have pieces of an offensive line that I think we like. You have skilled position players. You have pieces on defense that at least do enough. But if you want to bring in a starting quarterback inside the top 32 of the NFL draft, and you're going to ask that player, hey, we're going to turn over the keys of the Indianapolis Colts to insert player name here. It's not a bad situation from a talent perspective to walk into. The question that I would have, and a question that I think we're going to get answered over the course of the remainder of the the season, the 10 games left for the Indianapolis Colts and beyond, is it going to be Chris Ballard that is going to be making that decision? And is it going to be Frank Reich that is coaching that franchise quarterback? My gut 
right now as we sit here on October 25th is no to both of those questions. That in fact, the decision to not take a franchise quarterback and start the clock is ultimately going to be the thing that dooms Chris Ballard. And if a new general manager is brought in, then I believe a new head coach will be brought in as well. And so the Colts will hit the reset button at quarterback, but they will also be hitting the reset button at head coach and general manager. Oh, and one more thing. Didn't want to let this go unmentioned here on the show. The New York Jets made a trade yesterday acquiring James Robinson for the Jacksonville Jaguars in a move that sent back a sixth-round pick, a conditional sixth-round pick. It can be a fifth-round pick if James Robinson rushes for over 600 yards for the Jets this season in a move that I think is great for the New York Jets in a lot of ways. The devastating injury to Brees Hall, torn ACL, that was going to leave him out the remainder of the season. The devastating news that Elijah Vera Tucker is going to miss the remainder of the season with a triceps injury that is going to require surgery. The New York Jets were going to be in, in, in some need of some reinforcements at, at at least one of those positions. And to go out and get James Robinson to pair with Michael Carter is a very important piece. And James Robinson, I think, still has got a lot in the tank. He's a 24-year-old running back who wasn't getting a lot of the work down there in Jacksonville and an opportunity where there's an open door, there's an open competition, there is a role for him to carve out here in New York. I think that would be a, it's going to be a very fun little running back room with him and Michael Carter, because uh, Michael Carter is not going to like the fact that the Jets went out and drafted somebody, and he's going to take it as, okay, I'm going to prove to you that I'm worthy of being here and being a, a large part of this offense, and James Robinson is going to want to come in and prove, hey, I deserve to get some of these carries as well, so a fun thing to look out for. The other part of this, too, and I think more importantly than the, than the play of James Robinson, it's going to sound weird coming from me, a Jets fan here, I don't necessarily care how good James Robinson plays for the New York Jets. The thing that I take away from this move the most is the quickness that Joe Douglas and the Jets front office acted in getting reinforcements for the New York Jets and the signal that it sends to the rest of this team. Think about what the Jets have gone through over just the last week. The Elijah Moore uh, excused from practice, requesting a trade, uh, came back to practice, not going to play on Sunday. Saga that has gone on, he has since returned to the team and is expected to be a a play for them on Sunday when they take on the New England Patriots. But now you have the devastating injury to Brees Hall and the devastating injury to Elijah Vera Tucker. This team was in need of a pick-me-up. This team was in need of some good news. And what is the best kind of pick-me-up and the best kind of good news you can give this franchise right now? The general manager saying it without saying it, I believe in what you have done so far this season. I believe in the 5-2 and two start that you have got. You guys have put together. And you know what? I believe in it so much that we're not going to sit back and say, woe is us. We're not going to sit back and say, oh, injuries happen. Next man up. We just got to deal with the guys that we have in-house. No. I believe in you guys. I believe in what we are doing in here. And I believe that this team this year is special. I'm going to go out and get you a player to be able to help out. That, to me, is the biggest message because that team needed it. They lost one of their best offensive players, if not their best offensive player in Brees Hall. They lost their best offensive player in Elijah Vera Tucker, who was playing multiple positions for them, but they lost a leader in Elijah Vera Tucker. And the best thing that this team did over the course of the last couple of days is send that message. And Joe Douglas, I give him a lot of props for, for doing this. I don't know if James Robinson is going to work out in New York. I don't think it needs to necessarily be a home run, especially with the draft pick that they gave up. A six-round pick doesn't mean a whole lot. The, the message that was sent by making the move the day after, uh, I think, was a massive, massive win for Joe Douglas to New York Jets and the, the leadership that that showed. And I think the confidence that it's going to give that room moving forward of, hey, every, the front office has got our back. Let's have their back out. Let's have their back out there and go play really hard. So I think a, a win all around. And it's going to be fun to see James Robinson in a Jets jersey. That's going to be it for the Tuesday edition of the show. Appreciate Bet Online for their continued support of the podcast. Everybody has a great Tuesday. I'll talk. Talk to everybody tomorrow.